Welcome to Dodgers Danny. I'm Casey Porter. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in on a Friday morning. It was a great game last night. The Dodgers won 7-2. We're also on this show on the Down the Farm segment. We're going to have Ryan Fala on. He's going to put a bow to the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes Championship Series and their season as a whole. So looking forward to that as far as the Down on the Farm segment today. So we have a lot to get to. We have a lot to talk about with the Dodgers game last night. Before we get into all of that, just a reminder, hey, we are open for business. If you or you know somebody who has a business would like to sponsor this Dodgers Daily Show that we do three days a week, most of the times we have either Austin or Coach Holt with us or a special guest or somebody. If you would like to sponsor this show, just DM me, leave a comment. You can email me at dodgersdaily73 at gmail.com. Again, that's dodgersdaily73 at gmail.com. And don't forget to turn on your notifications and interact with this video. Leave a comment and make YouTube think or make YouTube know just how many times this video is getting liked and watched. And so it'll keep suggesting it and we can keep growing and keep providing you content like this in the future. Okay, so the big night for Emmett Sheehan last night. Good night for him. It was a good night overall, a 72 victory for the Dodgers. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it, and let's talk Dodgers baseball. So the Dodgers win last night against the Giants, and hey, how about Emmett Sheehan? Now, the command wasn't exactly the way he wanted, especially with the slider, but anytime you go four innings, you give up no hits and just one run. You have nine strikeouts. That was just a tremendous outing for Emmett Sheehan. Again, the thing about him, he, he had the fastball working last night. He was throwing his fastball over 50% for strikes. And he was also, I've said this many different times about him, there's absolutely no doubt about it. His best secondary pitch is his changeup. He was throwing his changeup for, uh, for a strike 60% of the time last night. And, hey, they were, they're force-feeding the slider. you got to have three pitches. You can't be a two-pitch guy. I know he's also throwing a sweeper that had a ton of break to it. His slider was somewhere, you know, like high 30s as far as the movement on the pitch, which is a lot. So he was having a harder time controlling that slider. But I do like the fact that they're force-feeding him into a three-pitch pitcher. The sweeper didn't – I don't think he threw a sweeper for a strike – all night. So, hey, if he's going to be an effective starter that can go four innings like that, you still have to continue to show the three pitches. So, although he did not throw strikes very well with the slider, he did with his changeup. He did with his fastball. And because of that, and, it, and and the fact that those pitches are so explosive, he was able to gather up nine Ks, no no hits, and only and only one run on the night, although he did have the four walks. So, hey, the thing about Emmett Sheehan, I've said it about these rookies, the beautiful thing about this is they are so talented. Their stuff is so explosive. The ball's in their court. If they pitch to what they're capable of pitching, the, the other hitters are going to get out. I mean, that's how good their stuff is. You know what you're talking about? Of course, the thing about Sheehan last night is that this was by far not nearly as good he's, as he's going to be. The velocity was down. I believe his average velocity last night was somewhere like 92.4. The movement was down a little bit, especially on the fastball. You know, usually he gets, you know, uh, that that arm side right and run at somewhere close to 18, 19 inches, something like that. The, the, and he was down like an inch or two last night. It wasn't like that big of a deal. But, hey, the movement was down. The velocity was down. The strikes weren't there for his third second, his second secondary third pitch, 
which would be a slider, and he was still able to be that effective. You know, hey, I've talked many different times how you can tell when a guy is going to be a great major leaguer whenever not, you know, everybody has great nights, and everybody who is as talented enough to make a major league roster at one point, if they go out and everything goes perfect and they execute perfectly, they're going to get outs every single pitcher that's ever made the major league. That's the case for them. The guys that stick are the ones that can go out there and not necessarily be perfect that night, you know, or be maybe on their A game that night and still be as dominant and shut down as Emmett Sheehan was. And so from that perspective, you know, kind of like the Ryan Pepio performances, two performances ago, that is so encouraging and it has to give you so much confidence as a fan for the Dodgers. That's the third good outing in a row for rookies. We saw Bobby Miller. And we saw the confrontation between him and Zemac. That was cool. I got a chance to interview Zach McKinstry when he was with Oklahoma City last year. What a wonderful young man out of the central out of Central Michigan University. He was a Chippewa, and he was just you know he's a guy that was being sent back up and back down, and he had some some times to where he was on long long plane flights, and he would come in and barely get to Oklahoma City in time for the game, and he would always demand to be in the game that night. Travis, the AAA manager for Oklahoma City. And he would always give Zach the option on those nights where he traveled heavily, and Zach would always choose to play. And in my opinion, that affected negatively his performance, but that's how much of a grinder he is. So it was super cool to see Zach McKinstry on the big stage again, and then it was super cool to see that confrontation. I love those competitive-type moments. That was a lot of fun. Super cool to see Emmett Sheehan and then Ryan Pepio's performance we've already talked about was fantastic. So three great performances in a row for the rookies. That is an awesome deal. How about the bullpen? Okay, Joe Kelly, Ryan Brazier, Evan Phillips. How about that bridge too? You know, how about that for a bridge to to the end of the game? Especially, you know, if you're going to use an opener, then all you're going to need is is if you use that that setup right there, and then you use an opener, then all you need is five innings out of your starter because that gets you to the end of the game at that point. You know, because you're talking about six innings and then one inning apiece between Kelly, Brazier, and Phillips. That's quite the setup. It'll be interesting to see if the Dodgers, you know, do they even choose to use a lefty in high leverage situations? If they use Ferguson, you know, will it be a, a an opener situation to where if he does give up a run, it's not in the ninth inning, it's in the first inning, and you can keep overcoming it, so it's a little bit higher leverage. And, and Alex Vesey, we saw him pitch. Early in the game last night, now they have used him. The, 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 the performance before, they did bring him in later in the game. That was kind of neat to see. But Vessia back to more of a lower leverage type outing. And so I, it'll be interesting to see how they use Vessia and Ferguson. I would think at this point it's probably going to be more of an opener or the first bullpen arm to come in, which is a little bit lower leverage for the simple fact that if you do give up a run or two, there's still time in the game to make it up. If you give up that run in the eighth or ninth inning, a lot of times there's a lot of times there's not enough time. So that's why it's lower leverage versus higher higher leverage. And I do think Ryan Yarbrough is going to be used in every which way. So I don't think you have to have necessarily a left-hander ready for high leverage, especially if you think you have guys that that are ambidextrous enough and just simply good enough pitchers at this point where you don't necessarily have to worry about being perfect with your matchup. So that'll be an interesting scenario to follow. As far as do the Dodgers, are they are they are they trending towards wanting to use a, a left-hander in high leverage moments in the playoffs? Okay, the offense scored in five different innings. JD Martinez on our last show, I talked about how unbelievably 
Well, he has been absolutely hitting the baseball. He was five for his last six coming into last night, and he had some home runs with that. He was he just continues to tear the cover off the ball as he had a couple base hits again last night. And seven different players got a hit. He scored in five different innings, and the Dodgers were two for six with runners in scoring position. So, hey, you, you get on the mound, you put up zeros, you hit a couple of home runs, you, you have timely hits, and you play great defense, of which the Dodgers did last night. Zero errors. So if you play great defense and, you know, hey, let's say that, that you know, like Pepio did the other night, you don't walk anybody, and then your starter gives you all that you need is, is five innings if the Dodgers use the opener role, and then you have the, the three-guy bridge like you had last night. That starter goes two, maybe two and a half times through the lineup, especially if you've used that opener, you can go two and a half times to the lineup because – that you know that halftime, that last halftime, will be against the bottom of the order. That's the advantage that you get with an opener. Is that your 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 starter at that point, whoever it may be, instead of that third time through the lineup, recalibrating back to the top of the other team's lineup, it's recalibrating towards the bottom or middle middle to bottom of the other team's lineup, and that allows them to extend into that fifth, maybe sixth inning. And kind of, it kind of steals three outs, if you will. So that's the advantage to the opener. I mentioned when I went on Dodgers Nation with DMAC. The disadvantage to it is that you're taking these guys and you're not giving them their normal pregame routine, although they will go through all the same gyrations. They'll go through the same long toss. They'll go through the same band work. They'll go through the same heavy ball work. They'll go through the same – I don't – you know, I don't – the only thing I, I don't know that's, that's different for them – is when they will actually do the bullpen. Is there time between, you know, when they do all their pregame routine and when they do the bullpen to go out to pitch? You know, that that would be the only the only change. I prefer, you know, I, I see the advantage in both ways, and it has worked, and, and these guys, they know how to handle it. The, the obvious advantages, again, to using the opener is that it bridges you straight to your, your highest leverage, guys. It bridges you straight to a – Ryan Brazier, you only need to cover three innings, sometimes two innings. So it gives you a cleaner bridge, you know, and then also it gives you that third time through, uh, the half time through that lineup. It gives you uh, that matchups towards the bottom lineup instead of the top. So, hey, it's, it, you know, I think the Dodgers are going to use that opener, that, that opener situation, that opener setup. So, you know, hey, guys are getting used to it. Pepio's gotten used to it. We've seen guys do it all year long. So those are the advantages and disadvantages of doing it or not doing it. I don't think it's going to matter because I think the Dodgers are going to do it. So we'll see. And, hey, these guys, they've done it for a lot so they can handle it. Okay, so like we said, the recipe, you get a good start. You get timely hitting. You play great defense. And then you also thump a little bit, a little bit as well. That is a great recipe. As the Dodgers continue to build towards the playoffs, they continue to try to you know, get all the rotations together, to get the trust tree together as far as, hey, who do we trust in what moment? Dude, does this guy need to be a matchup guy? Does this guy, can he just, is he just our best and so we throw him out there? All those types of questions the Dodgers are continuing to try to answer as they roll away the playoffs. And you got to be encouraged that the Dodgers are playing great baseball. They're not just coasting into this finish line, man. They, they're they keeping the pedal to the metal, and they don't want this momentum. You know, one thing that I've 
mentioned a couple of times, you know, the, the one thing is this team has been the most of this year is gritty. So you don't want to get into a pattern where you're not playing with a sense of urgency because I don't think this team can flip that switch. They are not doing that. That's an encouraging sign. They have continued to play gritty. We saw the other night with Max Muncy, the walk-off, that game right there. Just goes to show you how the Dodgers are just continuing to find ways to win games. Okay, so moving forward, I think one th- the only thing I want to see is just the Dodgers continue with that sense of urgency. That would be my only request. That was a question that I had in my mailbox and wanted to answer that for today's show. The only thing I want to see continue moving forward, the rookies continue to pitch. I want to see Lance Lynn get back to the top of his game. And then I want to see the Dodgers continue to play with a sense of urgency. So I think if that happens, then everything is good to go. So, hey, Monday will be our mailbag. Austin Brubaker will join. Please leave a question. You can DM me. Uh, you can direct message me on one of my, my social medias. You know, you can find Dodgers Daily on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok. You can email me at DodgersDaily73 at gmail.com, or you can just leave your question with a comment down below this video. But, hey, leave us the questions for us to answer on Monday, and we can't wait to get to that Monday mailbag. Okay, so that's our show for the Dodgers today. Have a special guest again. Ryan Fall is going to join on the other side, and he's going to put a bow on the Rancho Cucamonga season for 2023. So the single-A Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, they just finished a very, very, very good season, 71-61. and 61. Super excited to bring back in Ryan Falla to kind of wrap up the season, talk about the championship series with the Modesto Nuts, the big series, the first round of the playoffs where they beat the Inland Empire 66ers, which is cool because that's the Angels' uh, single-A affiliates. And so, hey, Ryan, welcome back in. Thank you so much for coming in last week. I've had a million different great comments about how much people enjoyed your commentary on the Quakes and everything else Dodgers-related. So, first of all, thanks for coming back in. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, You know, this past playoff run with the Quakes was, it was super exciting. It was one of the most exciting times I've had as a baseball writer, and I'm super grateful to have been with the guys throughout all of that. Yep, so 71-61 and 61 on the season. Before we get into the specifics of the Modesto series, just kind of wrap up and, and put a recap and a bow on this successful Quakes 2020-23. You know, this was just another case of the Dodgers showcasing how much talent they have through the minors, how good they are at drafting, how good they are with their international scouting. There there were so many great kids that came through the team this year through both avenues, through the drafts and through the international market. You had kids like, you know, the obvious ones like Josue De Paula who came up and established himself as a top prospect. And you had some guys who were a little more under the radar, uh, Reynaldo Yin, a reliever, great kid uh he came up 18 19 i believe and he's still figuring out his development but he has the superstar appeal and you know we talked about the draft class last time kids like jake geloff joe vetrano jordan thompson just a ton of guys who they came in and they made impact immediately they made impact in the playoffs immediately there are a lot of kids in this team when they make it to the big leagues they're already going to have that like winning mentality instilled in them they're going to have that playoff that championship championship experience ready to go so there's just a lot that the Dodgers will be able to plug in at the major league level in a couple of years it's exciting to see 
No doubt. So let's start with the Inland Series in the playoffs. That was it's super exciting. The Quakes lost the first game of that series, came back charging, won the last two, and then the Modesto Series in the championship. Take us through those. The Inland Empire 66ers series was exciting. You know, that first game was tough. Um, the, the Quakes made an error early in the game. They went down one nothing, and the vibes in the dugout kind of like it was a bit deflated. And it was an early game. It was a it was a small deficit, but it felt like it was more in the dugout. So we we lost that game. We come back game two, and it was definitely a different vibe. You had Chris Campos starting. He dogged it out during a start, four innings, no runs. All the pitchers came in. They did their job. It got a little sticky near the last half of the game. But the relievers all came through. You had Derek McDaniels coming in, bases loaded, no out. Immediate double play, falling by a strikeout. All these guys are really dogging it out. Madison Jeffrey, he came in, got the first two outs of the nine. And then you had uh, Ramirez come in and finish it off. So that was just an exciting game to watch. And then game three, you know, it speaks for itself with the four-home run inning. But the most important thing about that was that the 66ers were down 4 nothing early on, but they didn't get themselves down. They kept themselves picked up in the dugout. The vibes were great. All the dudes were loose. And it showed in the way they were able to put up runs in that second inning and do the rest of the game just hold it down. That was probably one of the more exciting playoff series I've ever seen. And I'm sure the bias speaks for itself. I was there in the dugout with the team, but it was, it was really invigorating baseball. Awesome. And then the Modesto series, just kind of overcounted some of your takeaways from that. You know, that the Modesto nuts are just on a whole other level. Those guys yeah. are like a dream team kind of like prospect class. In the playoff series, all those guys come in. They're hitting like over 300, slugging over 600. Like the numbers were ridiculous. It wasn't even fair, to be really honest with you. And the fact that the Quakes were able to compete the way they were, it spoke a lot to their character as baseball players and professionals that they were able to go out there facing some tough deficits and they just kept grinding out at bats after at bats. Game two, it was definitely more of a winnable game. It was the fifth or sixth inning, I believe, where the Quakes were leading eight to seven. Then, you know, bullpen came in. There were some tough calls made by the umpire. Uh, tough calls throughout the whole game. There were definitely strikes that were being stolen. Uh, Are you being so, nice? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Like <laughs> People were not being very friendly in the dugout with all these calls that were being made. And, you know, you could say what you want about umpires, but at the end of the day, it comes down to execution. And that was just execution that fell short. And it's nothing on the talent level or the character of the guys. It's just sometimes playoff games swing that way, especially when you're in the championship. It's just it, it, you got to be on the details. And if you're not, stuff's going to get away from you. And regardless of the loss, you know, these guys are – great baseball players they they have great character and just ask professionals you couldn't ask for anything better out of them it's really great to see all right man so the 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 bow has been put on the 2023 season so before we get out of here uh, give us your final thoughts anything that you want to say on your way out 2024 is going to be a great year there there are a lot of these kids that they're going to come back to low a kendall george probably back probably see josue de paula depending on how they're feeling about the draft class, you might see a couple of them start off the low way just to get their feet wet, wet again before they get called up. And if if you guys or anyone's local to Ranch Cucamonga, you have to come check out the Quakes. I know it's just a minor league team, but 
they play exciting baseball, and what they're doing is just as valid as what major leaguers are doing. And it, people should pay more attention to that, especially Dodger fans, because there's a lot to love what's going on down here. Awesome deal, Ryan. Hey, I super appreciate your time. I know you're very, very busy. Saw one of your articles the other day for the Angels. It was very, very good. I know you wrote some really nice articles on you know setting up these series with both the Great Lakes Loons and the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. So great work, and thanks for coming in. Of course. I'm always happy to be on. Thank you again for having me. So there you have it. There's our show for you today. I want to thank Ryan Falla for joining. It is always a wonderful pleasure to get to speak with him and get his perspective, his firsthand perspective, about on the West Coast with the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes as he put the Rancho season to bed. So thanks to him. I want to thank you for tuning in and remind you, hey, before we before we get out of here, one last time, we are open for business. If you or you know somebody who has a business that would like to help sponsor this Dodgers Daily Show, leave me a comment, leave me a DM in one of my social media and one of my social media platforms, or you can email me at dodgersdaily73 at gmail.com. Again, that's dodgersdaily73 at gmail.com. And also, don't forget to interact with this video. Share it. Tell all your friends about Dodgers Daily. Like it. Leave a comment. Do all of that so YouTube will keep recommending these videos. We can keep growing here at Dodgers Daily, and we can keep doing what we love to do, which is providing content like this in the future. So as always, I'd like to thank you for tuning in and say go Dodgers.